Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. <clears throat> Hello. <clears throat> nice to see you all here. <clears throat> mm. Always exciting to um, to start a retreat. It, it, it never ceases to uh, to lose its um, mm, specialness and and uh, uh, sparkle. And so um, uh, so nice to be here. Uh, my name is James Barras. If uh, we haven't met before, and um, I'm particularly happy to uh, to share this retreat with you and get to teach with three of my favorite people um, who I will just first introduce and they'll say a few words and we'll hear from all of them uh, a bit later on, but I uh, just want to uh, get to um, uh, let you know who they are. So um, if you I haven't met before. Um, this is Anam Tupton Rinpoche, who is um, a highly respected teacher uh, and happy to say a, 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 a good friend um, over these last oh, six or seven years that we've gotten to, uh, to know each other. And it's always a real pleasure to to teach with him, and he's somebody that uh, I always learn from and um, am inspired by. So it's a uh, it's a particular treat to be able to uh, to share this retreat and his teachings um, with you and uh, and for me as well. Uh, he is the uh, head of uh, a wonderful. Uh, community, the Dharmata Foundation, which uh, is based in Point Richmond, uh, teaches around the world. He's got one of the most amazing schedules I've seen. Hong Kong this week, Poland this week, Singapore this week, and, um, and he's beloved uh, all, over, all over the world. Um, also a, a, an author of some really wonderful books, No Self, No Problem, uh, The Magic of Awareness, which is the title of this, uh, this retreat, um, Embracing uh, Each Moment, uh, and um, yeah, he's just a special, special person. So um, lovely to have him here. And... Um, Maybe I'll just go down the line and then you can each say a few words of welcome. To my right here is Kate Munding, who I've uh, known for hmm, almost a, a dozen years or so now, who uh, is co-guiding teacher of Insight Meditation Community in Berkeley, who, uh, where we both um, support the, the community there. Um, she uh, graduated from the Spirit Rock and IMS um, uh, teacher training and uh, also uh, has spent um, 
much time and uh, and much uh, good heart in uh, bringing mindfulness to schools and developed uh, something called the Heart Mind Education Project. Uh, developed helped develop in a major way the curriculum for mindful schools, and uh, is just a really um, a wonderful new voice uh, that uh, I think will will be an important voice in the coming years and uh, um, somebody who I just really enjoy. So nice to have you here. It's really a, it's a trip to see you both here. And over there is um, Jill White-Lindsay, who is uh, going to be the movement teacher, uh, yoga teacher, who is somebody I've gotten to know this past year as uh, both a yoga teacher. She has come and um, offered uh, personal uh, sessions for my wife Jane and myself, and uh, is a very popular yoga teacher in uh, the East Bay and throughout the Bay Area. Also a kind of um, really uh, master healer. She does something called therapeutic yoga, uh, which I am grateful for, for her skills in that. And... Uh, also, just a really good heart that uh, I've gotten uh, very connected and close with this these last this last year. So, why did, just for a few moments, they'll hear more. But if you want to say hi and oh, and you press that uh, <laughs> oh, button. button. Okay, great. Oh, that should be it. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, it's uh, a little bit higher. Hello, uh, now you can hear me. It's uh, nice to be here at uh, Spirit Rock Retreat Center, and also, and this is a a special blessing for me to have the opportunity to teach with uh, James and Kate and uh, Jill. I've known James for many years. Indeed, uh, maybe this uh, is the very place we met with each other, Mm -hmm. if my memory is correct. Mm -hmm. And we shared uh, the same stage, this very place. Uh, so I feel that uh, during those uh, seven or eight years, or maybe even longer than that, we have been developing very wonderful friendship in all aspects, uh, uh, spiritually as well. Since then, we both have been teaching together through um, his Sangha and my Sangha, also the Spirit Raka community. I learned a lot from co-teaching with him as well as also listening to the Dharma that he shared with uh, many of us. Uh, 
Uh, as uh, James said, I uh, travel quite a lot uh, these days all over the world and uh, teach the Buddha Dharma in different places as well as also in different culture. I'm uh, uh, recognizing that um, my teaching is actually very much uh, in many ways uh, fusion, fusion of many wisdom that I have acquired. And I see that uh, when I teach others, there's a lot of wisdom I have acquired from James. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm very much thankful to him for being a wonderful friend and source of uh, wisdom and uh, knowledge. And so I'm uh, very happy to have this uh, opportunity once again. And uh, as you know, every retreat is a journey uh, full of uh, surprises and trust sometimes and many unknown. But I do have a trust that uh, this uh, retreat is going to be a wonderful journey, especially when we are accompanied with uh, wonderful hearts and souls like uh, these three uh, yogis, <laughs> these three wonderful teachers. How about that? Is it on? Can you hear me okay? Okay. Well, I'm just really thrilled to be here, to be part of this particular teaching team. Uh, I don't know if you have caught it yet, but I think there's a lot of love in this teaching team already. Um, And I think you'll probably experience that as it, it enters into this retreat and holds, hopefully, all of you in your journey Uh, your retreat journey and experience. This is kind of a a dream team for me (laughs) to be up here with these two. Um, I feel very fortunate and very grateful to to be um, with you all. So thank you for having me here. And just before coming in, uh, Rinpoche and I were talking a little bit about the feeling of Uh, a retreat that's beginning, it really is stepping into the unknown in so many ways. And as a teacher, I was commenting and how even as in the teacher role that I feel that at the beginning of every retreat. As a practitioner, I definitely feel that at the beginning of every retreat, just stepping into the unknown and how much of what we're doing here is becoming more and more comfortable and settling into that unknown. And so I'm looking forward to being in the unknown with you all and supporting you in that and getting to know you all just a little bit better. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And Jill? I don't have a mic, so I'm just going to project. Can everyone hear me? Yeah? I'm used to it, so... Uh, Let me know if you can't in the back, but again, my name is Jill, and 
I'm honored to be here with all of you. I've been on many retreats here, and it's it's fun to give back. And um, as James mentioned, I teach therapeutic yoga in both the East Bay and San Francisco. And I think it'll be nice to have a movement option to complement your sitting and walking and certainly not a requirement. You'll have two times during the day to join me if you'd like. And, um, and don't hold me to it, but just to give you a sense of it is, I think we'll have a more of an active practice in the, in the morning, and I use that word very loose, it just is probably more standing than seated and lying down. And then the afternoon will be a little more calm and juicy on the floor. So, that sounds weirder than I mean it to. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can answer some of your questions before you even have to ask. You don't have to be good at yoga, whatever that means. You don't have to be flexible. And it's safe for almost everyone, even if you have an active injury. So try it out. And um, again, if you do have questions that pop up for any of us, use that note system on the board and we can address it. Thank you for having us. <clears throat> so um, I'm going to talk for a little while and, and uh, just set the tone for, uh, for our journey together. <clears throat> it is a, a kind of adventure as you start a retreat. Um, any ideas that you might have had about what it will be like, um, now's the time to let go of them. <clears throat> You're going to get just the retreat that's right for you. Uh, and uh, if it was just how you thought it would be, well, that wouldn't be very, uh, very fresh and, um, and letting yourself be surprised by life. So um, all you need to do is to show up and the process will, uh, will carry you through. <clears throat> A few things that I like to keep in mind as uh, I start a retreat and, uh, and share it with others. First of all, um, everyone here belongs. There are some people who've done many retreats and are uh, old experienced veterans. Uh, and there are some people who have never done a retreat before. How wonderful that we get to be the ones who can welcome you to this practice. Uh, and the ones who've been here before ha are coming with a kind of trust and faith and um, uh, appreciation of the, the power of the practice uh, that keeps them coming, coming back. And those who are new bring a kind of freshness and um, beginner's mind uh, that uh, can help us to see through those new, fresh eyes. And if you think about it for a moment, every one of us had to do probably a lot to get here. Whether it's traveling far, who took a plane to get here today? A lot of people traveling far, 
or even if you live uh, locally, getting your life in order and all the people that supported you in, in coming, whether it was through uh, time off from work or um, friendship or um, uh, taking care of things at home or in various ways, you're here not by accident. You're here because life has called you and supported you in being here. And you might just keep in mind all of those people who did have supported you and include them in your practice as well. They will reap the benefit and they might probably say, uh, oh, when are you gonna go on your next retreat? Um, when you, after a while, when you get back, yeah, I wanna support you again. Um, so everyone belongs. And another thing I like to um, keep in mind is you can't fail. You can't do this retreat wrong. As I said a moment ago, uh, all you need to do is to, um, is to show up. Show up with a good heart. Show up with a sincerity. Show up with a, a kindness and um, a, a trust that the practice itself will unfold just as it should. It doesn't mean that you're going to uh, get calm and quiet and just more and more into bliss. If that does happen, please let me know. We'll include it in the brochures and uh, <laughs> that that sometimes happens. But uh, more, more likely um, you will um, see that we can be here for any part of our experience. There'll probably be times when you're feeling, wow, no, no obligations, no responsibilities. How wonderful that I get this time to just be with myself and with life and feel really peaceful and tranquil and grateful. And there might be other times where you say, oh, wow, here I am, I'm with myself and there's no distractions and no email and nothing to do and, uh, and gee, it's a little bit uh, challenging inside. It's a little bit uh, sleepy or restless or, uh, or sad or, or worrying. Oh, and now there's love and now there's connection and now there's compassion. So it's not trying to arrive at any particular experience. It's really learning to be here for all the ups and downs that the mind can go through. Uh, it's not a different mind than what you have outside. You're just able to look at it with greater care and, um, and understanding and see that you have the capacity to be here with everything and even more, as you are opening to the whole show, you make friends with yourself in a very profound way. That's one way that I, I think of this whole process. Making friends with all the parts of us inside. The, the little child parts, the wise uh, elder parts, the the uh, confused parts and the, and the, uh, the deeply connected parts. 
and here to open to it all. And the more you open to this one right in here, the more you can open to and understand everyone around you. I, I love a teaching of the Buddhas. He says, in this fathom long body, that's a six feet, give or take a foot and a half standard deviation, uh, in this fathom long body, the whole of life is revealed. This is your laboratory to understand what it means to be human. And the more you understand this one in here, the more you can understand and have compassion and connection with everyone around you. <clears throat> there are a few attitudes that I find um, really helpful in doing this practice which I'll, I'll share with you now and uh, remind uh, you throughout the retreat. One is um, any kind of idea about doing it right. Um, if we try too hard to do it just right, we can get very tight and... Um, and wonder if we're measuring up. And this works against ourselves. So the first attitude that I want to remind you of is that relaxation is a very um, powerful support for the practice. Not laziness, not kicking back and, well, if I'm mindful, I'm mindful. If I'm not, I'm not. Okay. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about there's a sincerity of effort. It takes some intention to be here, but if it becomes tight and you're um, contracted, this is not going to support your practice. So along with that sincerity of, of being here and willingness to be here when you see that you've gone, an ease supports this whole process. And it's something that uh, you'll be reminded of again and again. Just relax and, and, um, and bring a sense of ease and connection while you're wholeheartedly showing up. So a relaxed attitude. A second quality, interest. That is just bringing your natural curiosity to the moment is really uh, the key to wise effort. It's not so much, oh, I've got to be here for this moment. It's rather, oh, this is a moment of my life. Let's check it out. Uh, I often share this on, on retreats and it's coming up again. I have a, a birthday card at home that I've never given away because I love it so much. It is one little attachment, I, I admit. And on the front of the card is this um, infant who has a bugger in his hand, fr right from his nose, you know. Mm. Okay. But there he is, he is fascinated by it. He's mesmerized, and you open up and it says, 
You always were easy to entertain. Happy birthday. That's the attitude that I like to bring in my best moments to meditation. Let's check it out. This is a moment in my life that has, I've never been here, that's never been here before and will never be here again. Let's see what this moment has for me. So that interest keeps it from being a, a struggle and an effort. Relaxed and interested. And the third quality is a kind awareness. Your mind has a mind of its own. And uh, you will probably find, if you haven't done much of this before, that paying attention to this moment, what could be simpler than just knowing that you're sitting here and breathing? It turns out a lot of things are simpler than that because the mind has a tendency to wander. And so you want to be very kind with what you see and with making friends with your mind and very kind with whatever you happen to be experiencing, whether it's sadness or fear or wanting or anger or whatever, that it can all be held with a kind awareness. So those are the the three attitudes that I'd really encourage you to and be reminding of you to, to bring to the practice, a relaxed, interested, kind awareness that's just here as best you can and when you see you've gone to come back this is um, this retreat the title the theme is the magic of awareness I love that title it's such a good book title it was really good and it's a great book, too. It's, it's one book that I, I really uh, know pretty well. And I, I don't usually do this, but I just feel like doing it. I want to read from one of my teaching team's books while I'm here on the retreat. I just want to read a little bit of this. Now, I'll go slowly. I know it might be a long day of thinking, uh oh, can I handle deep Dharma right now? But uh, I'll just go slow for one paragraph. You are consciousness, and so am I. Consciousness is said to be groundless because it has no size, color, shape, or location. Some people think that consciousness is living in us. However, such a view is very limited in scope since this consciousness is all-pervading. We live in it. We are it. It enjoys eternal play. Now and then, consciousness forgets that its play is its own manifestation and gets lost in believing that it is separate from itself. More than now and then, we can forget that we're not separate. That forgetfulness is the fundamental delusion that gives birth to all troubles, problems, and struggles in unending chain reactions. 
Since consciousness itself is not separate from enlightenment, consciousness being aware of itself can happen suddenly and break the chain created by our forgetfulness. Just a little taste. We are this mysterious consciousness of life that knows itself. And this awareness that shines through us, we can't take ownership of it. We can't control it. As you're looking at us up here, if your eyes are working, can you not see us? Can you turn off your seeing? You can't, can you? The eyes just naturally see. Can you not hear these words if your uh, organs are functioning? Awareness just happens by itself. So it's a kind of mysterious thing that it knows itself through us. I love Brian Swim, the theologian uh, astrophysicist who says, we are a star's way of knowing itself. We're star stuff and somehow life has given us this capacity to know itself. Life is knowing itself through these forms. So those are kind of the, some of the, the fun things that we'll be exploring. Uh, this magic of awareness that as it turns out can be the, the basis, the ground for uh, accessing the love and the goodness and the purity of heart and the wisdom that is who we are when the mind isn't confused. So what we'll do is try to create um, all the supportive conditions for you to uh, go on this journey with us, this exploration. We'll have instructions each morning at the sit after uh, breakfast will be the instructional sit. We might have other instructions at other times, but that's particularly uh, um, uh, grounded in um, instructions that you want to keep in mind as you're going through the practice. We'll have a time for Q&A at the end of that same uh, sitting period. Um, we'll have um, talks each evening. We'll have a chance to meet with uh, with all of with you meeting with uh, with us in small groups uh, to check check in about practice, um, and uh, we'll have movement from uh, that Jill will uh, will guide us in. All of these are supports for you to go inside and explore and. Um, discover everything that's inside and this magic of awareness that, that shines through us. And we'll have a community here that we're sitting together with. So uh, in a moment, um, Kate will continue in this, but 
uh, just wanted to do, um, take a few moments to uh, have you have a sense of community. I know if you haven't done a, a silent retreat before, it can be a little bit daunting to know, uh, to, to not know if you don't know others here or to, um, to wonder if they'll, uh, if you're around friends or foes or whatever uh, your projections might be. And so what often we do at the beginnings, uh, beginning of a retreat is to just take a few minutes and um, say hello to your neighbors. And um, uh, just you might even uh, uh, check in and see um, how you, uh, why your neighbor is here and how you can support each other in that. So um, if you want, you can uh, just turn to one or two people uh, just for the next couple of minutes and say hi, and, uh, and then we'll come back. So please, you can do that right now. Okay, just another minute or so, and then we'll come back. If you want, you can say hi to more than one person. Okay. Okay, so now you can uh, say goodbye to your neighbors <laughs> and uh, know that they'll be supporting you in your practice and you can support them uh, now that we're all friends and, uh, and creating a, a very unique, special, supportive community. So um, now we can... Uh, hear from Kate and to, to further develop that sense of supportive container and community. Yes, so we will be going into silence um, really now. <laughs> There won't be much opportunity. This is it. That was it. <laughs> so um, our community, how we interact with each other within community changes drastically in many ways. Certainly very different from how we are in our day-to-day -day life outside of retreat. So even though we will be in silence, or we are in silence in this moment till, till the end pretty much, 
how we are, how we act, how we move through this container of the retreat really deeply matters. And it deeply matters because it is uh, a part of what will create this feeling of really truly belonging. Like James said at the beginning, you all belong here. You're all very welcome here. In order to really feel that and to feel the level of safety that's needed in order to feel like we really truly belong and that we're truly welcomed here, to be able to truly relax in the way that James is, is talking about and how we'll continue to talk about, relaxing into this practice so that we can have that, uh, that interest, that, that sweet interest of what was that? The booger of <laughs> booger, right? And other things. <laughs> um, we need to be able to feel like we can be here in order to allow our mind to rest in this way and pay attention in this way. And so, how we are with each other, with our bodies, even with our own minds, really matters. And so part of the tradition here and part of the tradition in Buddhist communities all over the globe and actually historically through time have undertaken the precepts in to create this container that I'm talking about and the container that we all really want here. So what I'd like to do is take you through these precepts and you should have, when you walk through the hall, received or picked up more accurately um, a piece of paper that says the three refuges and five precepts. If you didn't get one of these for whatever reason, just lean over to your neighbor. Don't talk to them. <laughs> but just lean over and you can look off of theirs. That's just fine. And I'm going to skip down. If you go halfway down the page, you'll see it says precepts. We're going to come back to refuges in a moment. And the precepts really are, it's, this is a practice of non-harming. It's a practice of being in community in a harmonious way. I like the word harmony for the precepts. How to, how to practice harmony, being in community. So there are five that we'll be taking for this retreat. So I'm just going to speak about each one briefly and then we're going to recite them in English uh, together. So the first one is uh, to take the precept not uh, taking the life, not killing living beings. And that is probably an easy one to take here uh, in the conditions that we've created on this retreat. You'll be eating vegetarian. Um, you won't have opportunity to really be killing many living things. Um, but we can look at this in a more subtle way, too. You know, look at the smaller creatures on the land, like the bugs, the insects, and, you know, if you have ants in your room or if a, a spider is crawling across your mat, how do you respond to that? What's your reaction? Can we, in that moment, still have our presence and um, abide by this particular precept and remove them gently or even allow them to just be with us if they're not going to be causing our, us harm. So each one of these, we can look at them in the gross way and also in a subtle way. And then the second one, um, not taking 
what is not given, what's not offered. So this can become a place where you can uh, leave your wallet on your, on your seat and know that nobody is going to mess with it. I mean, that we can actually have a community of people we don't know that um, we actually can trust in that way. I'm not saying go do that, <laughs> but that we have that level of, of um, trust in a community like this. That's what we're trying to create. And so looking at this also in a subtle form, um, so if there's uh, um, something in, in, I don't know, one of the storage cabinets or one of the uh, linen cabinets that you haven't been given permission to take and it's something that you feel like you need, um, but there hasn't been that permission offered, then seeking out that permission before taking it. Even if you think, oh, it probably won't matter or no one's going to miss this. It's more so the practice that we're taking. These are this, all, all of these precepts, this is a practice that we're taking to be more conscious of, of our, our neediness, of more conscious of, our, of how we uh, act through that neediness or greediness. And so um, just being really aware of that on a more subtle level. Undertaking the training to refrain from any kind of uh, intentional sexual activity. Um, so we're practicing abstinence here on retreat. Um, so those of you who are here as a couple, um, that, uh, that you're really allowing each other to have your own experience and not coming together in any kind of romantic way. And for those of you who didn't come here as a couple but might notice each other across the hall or every now and then there's a little romance that, that blooms in the silence, um, that you're, you're staying, you're keeping that, that energy, uh, you're working with it you're by yourself, that it's not spilling over um, to, to the rest of the people here. It can actually be really disruptive. Um, our sexual energy when um, when it starts to spill out and other people start to sense are they are they hitting on me quietly? <laughs> um, it happens, and so to just be really conscious of that that even though it may seem like maybe there's there's uh, an equal attraction that's not necessarily the the truth and that it's not necessarily wanted. And so to be very conscious of that. Undertaking the training to refrain from false and harmful speech. Well, that may not be easy to do in the silence. Although if you find yourself tempted to speak at sometimes, we get in these situations like our yogi jobs where we're in the kitchen or something with a bunch of other people. And maybe we don't have anything harmful or mean to say, but, but being careful that we're not... Uh, breaking that that um, silence in ways that is not necessarily necessary, because even in this retreat where we're all becoming very sensitive in the silence, just breaking that silence a little bit can actually really throw others, um, throw their concentration and their mindfulness, even if you didn't mean for that to happen. So we are learning how to be more sensitive in that way, and then also. Um, Sometimes this, this precept works internally. How are we speaking to ourselves? 
um, noticing just the tone that we use with ourselves as we're thinking about things and evaluating ourselves. Maybe it's uh, internal speech about others in the room or in the retreat. Um, Just to be watching that, to be conscious of that. We don't want to perpetuate that sort of of internal speech because guess what? We'll be talking again at some point. And um, and that just supports that sort of speech uh, outwardly if we're not catching it internally. And so then the, the last one is intoxicants and refraining from intoxicants that cloud the mind so we can feel comfortable that uh, nobody's on recreational drugs or alcohol here on retreat. That creates a lot of safety. We really want those of you who are on prescription medications to continue to take those. That's not what I'm talking about and that's not what this precept's about. In fact, that can cause a lot of harm. So you want to keep taking that, taking those. But in terms of recreational drugs and alcohol, um, that we're all refraining from that. So uh, why don't we take these together as a community to strengthen our connection and our intention for safety and connectiveness, support, supportiveness. And so I'll read at the beginning of each one, uh, knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, and then we'll all together read um, the precept that follows. So we'll start with that first one about um, refraining from taking the life of any living creature, and we'll go from there. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from taking the life of any living creature. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from taking that which is not given. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from any kind of intentional sexual activity. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I understand the training to refrain from false and harmful speech. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, undertake the training to refrain from taking intoxicants that cloud the mind and cause heedless needs. So then we can all say the last bit together. May my ethical conduct bear the fruit of complete awakening. So may this be in service of everybody's awakening here. So then to further this community uh, and to bring us into the fold of Uh, what we're a part of globally and also historically, um, I'd like us also to take the refuges. Um, Now, the refuges can be taken internally in many different ways, and they're meant to be taken internally in a way that is useful for you and really touches you. These are used just as the word implies, uh, a refuge, a way to seek outside yourself for something that is greater than the tangle of our confusion or the tangle of our dislikes and aversions 
or the tangle of our wanting for things to be other than they are, when we're stuck in that uh, perpetual mind state, which from time to time when we're meditating here on retreat, you may find yourself in. It's very uncomfortable, and it's also part of the process. It also feels very lonely when we're stuck in that place, when we're stuck in our, our just very intense minds sometimes. It can feel very alone. And here we are, we're in this community of people. We don't know who's going through that at the same time because we're in silence. And so even though we're in this community, it can sometimes feel lonely in the silence. And so you can always, of course, reach out to all of us teachers for support. But sometimes there's other ways to uh, bring in support for yourself. And so that can be this, these refuges. So historically, classically, the three refuges are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And I'm going to talk about each one briefly. And none of these may be refuges for you internally. And that's really okay. And I just want to give you full permission to interpret these in ways that work for you. Okay. But with that said, I'll say a little bit more about these classical ones, and then we'll recite the classical ones together. So the Buddha being um, a human being who found freedom, that we can take refuge in the possibility of relief, uh, the possibility of awakening, that this is possible. And we can take refuge in that in our our... Uh, hardest moments that, no, wait, there's, I'm here for a reason. This is possible. I'm just stuck right now, but this is possible. Taking refuge in the Dharma, the truth of how things are, the natural unfolding of nature, um, also the teachings that have been offered uh, by the Buddha and then through time and many different wisdom traditions and then in particular the tradition of the Buddha. That it survived this, this long because there's something to it. There's something to these teachings that works, that touches us. We can take refuge in that, taking refuge in the Dharma taking refuge in the Sangha, which uh, traditionally means those who have awakened before us, those who have been carrying these lineages through the centuries. It can also be our own Sanghas, our spiritual communities, those who support us in this work. We have our communities who don't quite understand this, perhaps, uh, and then we have our communities who really get it, that we can take refuge in, in that. And if you don't have one that you can think of, you can at least know that this is your Sangha while you're here, taking refuge in Sangha. So I'd like us to recite uh, the refuges in Pali, uh, which is on your sheet. I'm going to take you through it, and we'll do a call and response. 
And if you'd like, and if it feels natural, you're welcome to take your hands together in front of your heart in this way. Um, This is often the way these are taken traditionally, but this may not sit well for you. It might not feel real or it might feel kind of false or contrived. You're welcome to put hands on your heart like this and just feel that connection here at your heart center or just having your hands in your lap, whatever feels most natural to you so that you can really receive uh, these refuges for yourself. So we'll begin at the top where it says homage and we'll repeat it three times. So call and response. Namo tassa. Bhagavato, Bhagavato. Arahato, Sama Sambudasa, Namo Tassa, Bhagavato, Arahato, Sama Sambudasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa And then we'll go to the next piece where we're invoking the refuges. And you'll see that we do this in three parts. So we'll start at the beginning. Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhamam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dutiampi And we'll say this next part all together. Ah, still call and response. Buddham Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Dhamam Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhamam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami 
perhaps uh, you are feeling right now that uh, this uh, retreat is a beginning uh, internally as well as also externally. There's a this uh, line from uh, Sutra supposed to be spoken by Buddha himself. It's a a, a line or statement uh, that uh, praises the journey into the wilderness. And Buddha said, if you take seven steps, even towards the mountains, the merit, uh, the blessing of uh, taking that seven steps towards the mountains, the merit would be indescribable. Here what Buddha is uh, saying is that uh, it's a powerful and uh, very transformative to find uh, time in our ordinary life to go into wilderness, mountains, and to engage with uh, the Dharma, the Dharma of uh, reflection, contemplation, uh, Dharma as uh, the cultivating love and kindness, compassion, and all the noble effort that we exert and that uh, give rise to the inner awakening. Yeshim Surge, a very well-known female Tibetan mystic from the 8th century, wrote this very heartfelt uh, devotional prayer in which that uh, she prayed and to have uh, the good karma, the fortune to meditate in the snowy mountains, wilderness, in the uh, nature. And when you read uh, her verses, it feels that she's almost like feeling this, uh, not just desire, but this burning desire to go into the snowy mountains or in the nature to meditate. Uh, uh, even though we are not very far from this great uh, civilization, there's a, a huge metropolis, uh, the city of San Francisco, and yet uh, you may or be already noticing that when you put your feet on the ground and you feel actually you are entering a whole new place where you can actually call this place Snowy Mountain, just like in Tibet or the forest or the sanctuary. We also create together, or we are already creating together this uh, sanctuary, the snowy mountain that the Ichim Sorge was talking about, uh, 
we are also creating together gandola in Buddhist terminology means the sanctuary or the garden of contemplation we are creating together and when James gave the opening speech even though he didn't play bells uh, he didn't burn incenses, but I felt that he uh, was this uh, amazing master who did a ceremony to bless this uh, whole ground as a sacred container, and then also Kate invited all of us to hold the precept and invited each of us to take refuge in the three jewels. To me, uh, all of them are wonderful ceremonies to bless this environment, this place as a sacred container, and that has a very strong element of the right intention, ahamsa, nonviolence. And we have this now sacred container, and we can all trust this uh, sacred container that we create together right now. And then uh, we can open our heart and to begin this uh, journey, this inward journey, even though we are not uh, going anywhere physically, we are going to stay together, but this is actually a very powerful journey. And sometimes I feel that uh, Sitting together with a group of people in silence is a, the two journey, the two, two pilgrimage. Whereas if you're uh, walking around and traveling for miles and miles, uh, it looks like uh, from outside is a journey, but uh, can be just a very ordinary traveling without any kind of true transformation. And from that point of view, this is a very powerful journey. Uh, each of us are going to have a, our own unique journey, and uh, some of us are going to find this journey is a, a, a very powerful pilgrimage on which that we may be able to see something that we didn't see about ourselves our shadow, our klesha, our vasana, our karmic tendencies, and uh, as well as uh, also journey on which that we can experience uh, letting go, transformation, awakening. The most uh, important uh, force that we might like to have right now as a supporting blessing for transformation of this journey is uh, the uh, noble intention. Sometimes they call it uh, bodhicitta, awaken the heart. I would like to invite all of you to just to hold that uh, noble intention and uh, hold the aspiration to 
walk this journey to cultivate uh, calmness, insight, uh, uh, loving kindness, and hold the intention to experience inner awakening for the benefit of uh, all living beings. Uh, let's take a moment to hold that uh, aspiration. Also, another important uh, thing that we want to have is a trust. Uh, when Kate invited of us to recite the refuge prayer in Pali, uh, what uh, was happening is that uh, uh, that whole Recitation is a form of invitation, invitation to each of us. And that uh, ancient uh, prayer is inviting all of us to trust ourselves, trust uh, our capacity, our uh, courage, our wisdom, and also trust uh, this whole journey as well as uh, the Sangha, this community. I know that uh, James and Kate and Jill are extraordinary individuals, as I mentioned, as also a teacher, I vow to hold uh, my best intention to serve this uh, journey and to uh, support your journey. Of course, I cannot uh, make any big promises. <laughs> and that will be false speech, but all I can say is I vow to hold my best intention in trying to fulfill my duty to the best of my ability while we're here together as your good friend. Uh, and that's uh, my vow to all of you. So I, not beg, but I perhaps like to encourage all of you to uh, have a trust, a trust towards the, the teachers and their wisdom, their good intention, and also trust uh, to the the good intention of the community. Everybody coming here with a, a good intention, even though uh, you all have different reasons uh, and the stories why you are here. If you have time, I'd like to share one funny story. This is actually an anecdote. There's a, a wonderful lady sitting over there. Her name is Marcia. She 
keeps coming to uh, uh, my meditation retreat the last uh, maybe nine years or ten years or even longer. It's a very funny story. And that one time I was teaching in Arkansas, Little Rock, and then when I was ready to fly, there was a s- snow blizzard, and uh, they sent me to Kansas, Kansas, <laughs> which is very wild adventure. <laughs> they said the only way you can get back to Barry is uh, take this uh, fly to Kansas, and then and there's another flight from Kansas to. Oakland. And it was the whole thing was very wild adventure, especially when they sent me to Kansas. And then I sat next to two people, and one of them turned out to be Marsha. We never knew each other, never met with each other, and we started having a wonderful conversation. And then she said she is from Saratoga Springs in New York, and then we talk for quite a long time and then plan landed. We decided to have a tea together and then we said goodbye to each other. And then maybe a few months after that, I was uh, given talk at a Tibet house in New York and there was a lady in the audience who looks very familiar to me and turned out to be Marsha. It's really nice to have her presence here. The reason I mentioned this uh, story is that uh, I think we all have different uh, stories uh, and reasons uh, why we come here and some of these reasons can be hilarious and funny, some of them can be very holy, dramatic, inspiring and yet we all come here with uh, our best intention, we all want to wake up and please uh, remember this is the main reason we are here uh, thank you, and I really feel that uh, all of you created uh, this uh, wonderful sacred container with your ceremony, with your blessings. Uh, I also wanted to tell everybody how fortunate it is that we have a time, the means to be here and to meditate the next uh, six or seven days. And not too many people in the world have a, such a, a fortune to do what uh, we are about to do. Much gratitude. So um, we can uh, have a very short sitting. I know it's been a long day. Um, why don't you, if you feel like it, uh, get up and stretch for a moment, just to come back to yourself and. We'll end with some quiet time. Okay, and when you're ready, come down. So as I I said in in the morning we'll have um, 
more detailed instructions, but for now uh, we'll just share a few minutes of quiet, uh, oh, five or six minutes or so, and uh, just arrive here. So I invite you to um, connect inside, know that you're alive in a body, Feel a connection to the earth that's here to support you. You might take a few deeper breaths just to breathe some energy into your system. And as you exhale, let go, release. And just let your breath find its own natural rhythm. Let yourself be breathed. And as available as it is, um, just let your awareness open to your experience in this moment knowing that you're sitting here, perhaps knowing that you're breathing, always a good place to connect and rest in this moment. Letting the mind be relaxed, but interested as much as is available to just what your experience is right now. And if you see your mind wandering off, no problem. Don't take it personally. Just come back with great kindness and once again reconnect with this moment of your life.
<clears throat> so, um, probably most of you are quite ready for rest now. Um, if you uh, want, the, the hall is always open to, to practice, uh, if you feel like it. Um, but uh, uh, most of us are ready to go to bed. And as you go to, uh, to bed and get ready to, um, to go to sleep, uh, do the whole process, that evening ritual that you do each night. Uh, do it as a, as a kindness practice towards yourself. Washing your face, brushing your teeth, uh, whatever else you do. Um, as you slip under the covers, don't miss that moment. It's a very sweet moment of the day. The magic moment, I call it. Uh, don't miss it. <clears throat> it's good. And um, if you're... Um, we'll have a wake up at 5.30 uh, and a sitting at, at 6, from 6 to 6.45. Um, if you are uh, the first, the first morning, uh, there is a, a special dispensation for um, people who are, have either traveled very far or have come here running on empty and quite exhausted. Uh, and so, if you feel that would support your practice for the rest of the day uh, and want to. Um, uh, uh, not come to that sit, uh, then that's, um, um, you don't have to feel guilty about missing the sit. You're uh, uh, encouraged to just take care of yourself. Uh, through the whole retreat, you're encouraged to take care of yourself, but uh, hopefully you'll come to uh, the sittings uh, after that. Uh, and we'll have a sit here, six to 6.45. Um, and uh, we'll start the day. So um, sleep well. Uh, see you in the morning. Okay. And yeah, the um, oh, it's over there. You get that uh, the um, clicker.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.